Man, that, that, I felt that one though. <laughs> felt your mom. Oh fuck, are we recording? <laughs> Welcome to uh It came from a shed and I'm Goose. And I'm Siege. And this is a fart episode? Yeah, I just let one rip and it felt good. But I mean that pizza we just ate was hitting. What was it recording though? Like Yeah, I think I may have recorded. I don't know it if up? it picked up on the mic, I have to check later. Huh. We're not stopping this train now, no. No, no. Rock and roll. So we're doing a weird episode today. We're gonna talk about the nineties Batman films, Batman Forever and Batman, Batman and Robin. And Robin. <laughs> as well as I guess we're gonna talk about Two well, one movie we've been trying to talk about for a while and now we finally have a bullshit excuse to talk, talk about, about it, it, which is Cobra Dude, Cobras, man, fucking get in that fucking Cobra car, fucking. What's do his father? Oh, what's the what's that dude's name? Costa Matos. Is that how you pronounce trying, it? Because I, I know like the director's name. Well, it's still weird. I don't know how to pronounce that quite well either. Oh, let me let me let me pull it up so that way I can at least be like I'm trying to pronounce <coughs> it right, but you know how it goes. George Cosma. Cosmatos? 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 George P. Cosmatos. I think it's Cosmatos. But we're going to talk about one of his finest films, Cobra. What year is that? Uh, it says this year is 1986. Good. Well, cool year. 80s? Well, it definitely is an 80s movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, There's no doubt. <laughs> and we'll also be discussing his son's film from 2018. Can you can can you guess what could be? No, no, not at all. It's, I mean... It stars it, one of our favorite actors. I mean, it's not the movie that's, like, right on in the background. Like, I'm looking right at, is it? Oh, yeah. Right now, Nicolas Cage is in his underwear. It was, like, the, one of the best scenes, too. And just, like, drink his... I mean, it's understandable because he did just, like, watch his wife burn to death. <laughs> also, he's, like, fucked up. Yeah. They like fucked he, him up pretty bad. He stabbed him in, like, the stomach and shit. Yeah, well, we'll get to Mandy later, but yeah, we're going to be, I don't know why we picked the two 90s Batman films and Cobra and Mandy to talk about tonight. I know why, uh, it's because we happen to watch the Batman movies after talking about them, and we happen to see it at Walmart, so we bought the set. And then we then found we Cobra. Cobra. On a Canyon Fab Film Collector's disc. God, that's so good. We did. And so, like, we're like, well, we just watch Mandy, so fuck it. Yeah. There's our yeah. connection. Yeah. But we're going to do a, uh, like, Robert Rodriguez kind of episode, but there's a few films we got to watch first before we deep dive into that. We're going to make it nice and good for you. We've got what episode that I've been working on. We can't wait to introduce you to our friend Conway Shitty. That's just a little teaser for that. That is a teaser, and it's just taken so long because we got wasted and recorded the episode. So Siege has to edit a lot. And so now, it? now Siege under, understands Richard's uh, uh, problems with editing. <laughs> dilemma. <laughs> the dilemma of editing. Yes. But that's what happens when you get drunk with three people talking about a certain drunk band. Yes. We, we got to hear a special preview of what that was going to be, so more details on that later. That would probably be, hopefully, the episode after this. I know we've been kind of behind on putting out episodes, well, but we've, we've whatever, we've we got shit going on. We've you know. been busy. We've had a busy year going off this year, dude. Yeah. Oh. Announcement: Burial sounds officially signed to Shirley Road Records. Records. So, go check out all the old. They put up all the old stuff. We're streaming everywhere, so check that out. And there'll be a new album out soon. Yeah, we got talks of possible other stuff. So, we're really happy for this. We finally sold out, y'all. 
we, we made a spanking amount of money. So like we couldn't be more happier. So no, no, we didn't make much money, but it's still pretty cool. We made. Like, we still could be money. much happier. But like we, yeah. Hopefully y'all can hear this. We've been working on the saddle for a while. Also, if anyone would actually want to do Patreon shit, we'll actually start doing more episodes. If anyone actually wants to contribute to that, and we'll put out some fun episodes for that stuff. If we decide to do it, because we're not money hungry Mongols, but we thought if anything, it'd help us buy some new mics and. uh just help us get more content out for everyone because we have fun we do have a schedule like this isn't actually an unscheduled technically we could be doing a podcast every weekend but we you know we don't (laughs) we'll have another guest on soon too um yeah i got someone lined up so we just gotta get up we got two people on though because i think uh well, I guess we can talk about him, Logan for Crow Magnum. Magnum, yeah, yeah. Magnum, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's about it for announcements. Um, so we went to a flea market and found some cool records. Yeah, like I guess in terms of what we've been listening to, like this whole past week, like cause we fell asleep really drunk and like woke up and like he had the Lee Hazelwood radio on on Spotify, whatever. And like, I was like thinking myself as I'm hearing all this music, I'm like, man, this is the best stuff that I, I could listen to as I'm like waking up and like after a night of heavy drinking. And like, I've just been playing like the Lee Hazelwood Artist Radio on Spotify like most of this week and like, uh, fucking Patrick sent us that Lumineer song. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's Problem But Moon. That, that's been yeah, that's a, been a great song to jam in the past week. Um, yeah, fucking, yeah, Lee Hazelwood, um, if you don't know him, go listen, cause he's great, I mean, like, I really, like, loved Lee Hazelwood with a passion now, like, I don't know, just, uh, you know, I mean, fuck, I'm not gonna lie, Roland Howard got me on to Lee Hazelwood, you know, so. that's some Velvet Morning. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew of the Lee Hazelwood, Nancy Sinatra album a little bit, but it won't stuff I ventured into too deeply. You know what I mean? Go with the flow. But, you know, yeah, definitely been checking out Lee Hazelwood. Um, another band uh, I've been jamming uh, a lot lately is the Brian Jonestown Massacre weird like psychedelic 90s early 2000s type band i think they got new music out now but you know what i mean you know they were from that era uh yeah i've been digging deep into them um yeah you also picked up yesterday the flea markers like we got into them on spotify uh ernest tubs you got yeah yeah records. i picked up the ernest tub album with loretta lynn um i haven't listened to that yet but we'll check that out soon Cause like the his missile like we've been jamming on a special little shout out at least here is like dropping those in my com- coffee like it's yeah. not like so weird like ma- kind of macabre sad co- old country like Ernest Tubbs where it's at yeah. I think we I think we talked about Ernest Tub already though I don't, well, I don't sure. mind talking about yeah, it. yeah yeah bring them up anyways <laughs> um I picked up Iggy Pop Soldier from the flea market and that one was pretty fucking good man. Listening to it last night, I was down with it. They give me back my bullets. Leonard Skinner record was really tight too. That I picked up. That was tight. Yeah, that was a good, good find. Um, that Slade album I got, Slade. Uh, holy shit, that was something else. Um, that NRBQ record that all hopped up and like that I found randomly, and the dude started talking to me about. It was good. I'm glad we jumped. Yeah, I need to look them up more. Uh, they were the Simpsons band. Yeah, he said there was like more stuff too. So like, I ended up picking a record, and this dude was like telling, telling like me and Grace and everybody that was with like us, like when we're going through records, like about this band that like made appearance on Simpsons and stuff. So I'm like, cool. And I've just picked it out because like the name kind of like kind of cool. It's rock and roll looking. Uh, um, hopped up, you know. <laughs> uh, I did pick up. A uh, Twangin' the Golden Hips by Dwayne Eddy. It has a really good cover of Rumble by our boy Link Ray. 
Oh man, like, uh, I've been jamming him, like, thanks to, like, the fucking Lee Hazelwood Radio, too. Man, know? I've been trying to get you to jam him before the Lee Hazelwood Radio, though. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, um, I gotta send you that documentary I watched, but, um, you got me, you got it's me. about Native American musicians, and it's really good, and Link Ray was one of the uh, people they talked about. That's where I found out he was from Bun, North Carolina, where, around... But Dunn. Is it Dunn? Dunn or Bun? One well, of them there two. There is a Bun, North Carolina. There's a Dunn, so too, though, right? I think so. I, it's I, one of them, too. I don't think I've been in all those areas. It's one of them, too. We already go by there. They probably have a little Link Ray memorial or some shit. Yeah, if for the listeners you don't know, Link Ray's a guy who invented the power cord. He's also been in, like, almost every Tarantino movie. Not really, but you know what I mean. The fire burns down. Sounds just like me hearing it a lot in the mornings now. Yeah, dude. Um, Good song to pump me. Ooh. I sent you the Mark Lanigan and Nick Cave cover of that, didn't I? Oh yeah, yeah. We jammed that while you were driving around, riding around too. So. Yeah, that's a good. That's one of those songs that's just been around forever that people just cover. You know, no one really knows where it came from. Where he wrote the song, you know Billy what I mean? Gray's the dude. Billy Gray write it then. Who? So that is Link Ray's song. Link Ray redid a version of it. Oh, so it's still like every friend will cover. Yeah, yeah, it goes back a long ways. One of those kind of songs, cover after cover after cover, where it gets so lost, no one knows who actually kind of wrote it. Well, like yeah, well, you know that, like one like a traditional, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know how those kind of songs be. You know what I mean? Um, I will say it, it's very Appalachian. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can hear, like, the mountains when you, like, I, like, when Link Ray plays, like, I hear the mountains especially, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, weirdly enough, I believe that album, it said he recorded in a shack in Maryland. <laughs> Those are North Carolina musicians going to Maryland. The ba- there's a North Carolina band called Future Islands that was, like, from, like, the be- like Atlantic, the Atlantic area, Atlantic Beach area, or like yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 Atlantic Beach or whatever. That moved to Maryland. Yeah, there's a lot of good beach bands. We could we could do an episode on beach bands. They well, start a beach band. <laughs> I mean, shit. We could just talk. I could talk about the band Thanks from Virginia Beats for a long time. Just. I don't even know nothing about that band besides the music, but the music itself is worthy to talk about, you know? Let's go cover the Live After Five bands. All the Live After Five bands? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One day we'll play Live After Five, maybe. Hoot Nanny at Live After Five. Hoot Nanny at Live After Five. That would be the biggest fuck you to Oxford if we could do that. <laughs> Just saying. Peeling to the kids. Um, oh, um, let me bring up a new comic book that just came out last month called Proctor Valley Road. It's written by Grant Morrison and Alex Child. And uh, we read the first issue today. And it highly recommend for me. I don't know about Siege, but highly big recommend. Give it a recommend. Big recommend for me. I think it's very fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see where this can go. There's a, I think it said it's going to be a limited series, but... Yeah, so far we've only read the first issue. Well, I think only the first issue's out right now. I don't know that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. Like, we'll have know. to keep... We'll have to go back and check. Maybe we'll make that our weird little comic store. Yeah, going to the fair. I don't mind going, like, out to the fairgrounds. Cool spot. Yeah, it's a fun spot, man. Comic book store, record store. Then you got all the vendors. You, yeah. Plus they got a certain video, like things happening that we might be actually be interested in paying for. Oh yeah, like we almost went to a gun show, but we realized you probably got to buy tickets for it. So we we're like, fuck the gun show. We're not gonna pay for a gun show, of course. I mean, you know? we used to go. Like I know me and you have been, for a fact have been there for free. I go to a gun show there for free. So as far as we remember, yeah. But that was like eight years ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> way back back in the day maybe we'll do an episode on gun shows going to the gun <laughs> yeah, show I don't know 
I mean, like, we wouldn't even buy any guns, to be honest. We'd just go to look. I would probably buy, like, knives. I would see what kind of... I'd buy something. Like, really, if I still find find the Anarchist Cookbook, I'd still buy it. I shouldn't say that on podcast. (laughs) Can't you just download that on the internet nowadays? Wouldn't it still be cool to have a copy? Just have a copy. You think they'd have that there? I was thinking more Turner Diaries there than Anarchist Cookbook. I mean, that's where you used to find it at. God, we're just... We should have a controversial book episode. I mean, the book I'm reading right now, Apocalypse Culture, is like, fuck... I showed you that fucking, like... Oh, yeah. This is like a trigger warning, y'all, by the way, because this is really graphic what I'm about to describe, but, like, in the book, they interview Peter Soros, who, like, made a magazine... Like, made a zine called Pure... We just talked about like his masochistic and sadomasochistic fantasies. These are were like really extreme. Like he worked with White House for like good years. He didn't form the band with him, but like he worked with him for like almost ten years, if not. But um, but, like the photograph I showed you that was like in the first like up like his first issue, just had like photos of like missing kids and like behind it just like a superimposed like dick just coming. You showed me that picture and I was like. What are you... What? I bought the book, though. I did buy the book to read. <laughs> and, like, there's a whole, like, interview with uh, this chick, Karen Greenlee, who's like... We'll do an episode on her, maybe. We'll just do it. We'll take some interview stuff and tell the story, because maybe we'll just do a whole uh, necrophile episode. <laughs> yeah, like, she's really open about necrophilia, and then, like, there was... Ryan she kidnapped a body for, like... Three days. Her talking about the experience, like, we'll get into it later, I guess, but... Yeah, we should just do a whole episode on that. Like, she wasn't getting real kinky about it, you know? Ooh, I know the perfect movie we could cue that up with. Necromantic. (laughs) (laughs) You ever seen that? Necromantic. Dude, it's a really good German film. I haven't seen it, yeah. Fucked up gore flick. Pretty good stuff. Watched it on a date one time. Getting real romantic. Code blue. <laughs> it's code blue, y'all. No, we'll have a whole episode called Code Blue. Switch the theme song to be like a snippet from the TSOL. Yes, yes. Just for like one episode for the fuck of it. <laughs> uh, just for the, that episode, we'll switch it over. Uh, <laughs> great band. Um, yeah, I'm... I haven't read much besides what I've been reading, so I've been reading Trouble Boys for the replaced. I'm almost done with it, so I've been, that's what I've been reading. But, I did finish uh, reading Art, Sex, Music, and I do highly recommend reading. But that that's one. a whole nother episode right there. Talking about Thrive Gristle and Cozy. Yeah, yeah, we could do a whole another episode on that. Genesis, well, we've talked about Genesis before, like when they died. When they passed away, yeah. And like. Um, well, we can go more further, I guess, because, like, we're both very influenced by, like, Thriving Gristle. Like, it's weird, like, I was, like, making a joke about you the other week. I was like, man, you know how, like, weird it must be to people, like, who know what Thriving Gristle is? I was like, yo, I was that back when I was, like, 14, 15, like, terrified and, like, getting strangely curious about it. Yeah. And now here I am at 27, still listening to it, like, it's the thing. Like, I can just casually put on. Uh, we have evolved to the point where we can <laughs> casually put on Throbbing Gristle. But there are some jams by them, though. I'm not yeah, going to lie. I mean, yeah. I've showed, like, you know, girls that band before, and I usually put on uh, Hot on the Heels of Love just because it's a, it's a pretty, it's a banger. Man. It's a hot, sexy song, dude. I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to get sexy with them. I'm just showing them Throbbing Gristle, and I'm trying no, to find just, the most acceptable song for them mean. to listen to. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I get that. I'm just saying it's still a sexy song, regardless of what you're yeah, 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 yeah. I got you on that. Because, like, I mean, I still have, like, fond memories of 20 jazz funk greats, like, when we were, like, smoking weed, like, right when I graduated and stuff. Oh, yeah, we got, like, super stoned with your cousin, and your cousin was just like, I ain't never heard anything yeah, like this, man. that was his first man. time listening to industrial music or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it did him any good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was, like, uh, well, i I guess I can say I guess this is right after he got out of prison. <laughs> oh yeah, that weird juvie prison thing he yeah. went to for the bomb threats. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's, I guess, uh, what should we talk about first? The Batman movies? Let's go ahead and get that out the way. So both of these are directed by Joe Scrumger, right? The dude who did The Lost Boys. <coughs> right? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name either. Let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. I can probably pronounce if I see it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he directed both of them, though. Joe Scrumger. Scrumger. No scrounger, <laughs> scrounge him and up them jewels. But he's the guy who directed a. It's Joel Shoemaker. Oh, Shoemaker! Is that how you fucking say it? Yeah. Is that really how you? That's a way how you could say it. Yeah. Schoolmaker. School Shoemaker. Shoemaker. Whatever. He's the dude who directed Lost Boys, a shed favorite of ours. What? Yeah, that movie goes way back. Yeah, dude. Fucking Back in the cave days. One of my first memories of a film I remember was probably Lost Boys, you know? And so, like, I wasn't, like, yeah, Batman, like, I think the one, like, with Riddler. Uh, Riddler and Two-Face. Yeah. yeah. Jim Carrey's the Riddler. The Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. That's Jim Batman Carrey. forever, ain't it? Yeah, that's forever. With Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne. Uh, that one was the one I liked the most out of these two. I thought the um, Batman and Robin was. Uh, I see why people didn't like it. Oh yeah. You know, you know, but it was fine. It was fun watching both of them. Well, as I, I say, I, for like. Come me, on, Tommy Lee Jones going crazy as Two Face is really fun. And plus, Jim Carrey's all. Yeah, Jim Carrey's a great Riddler. He's, He's a, a great, great fucking Riddler. Plus, I, Val Kilmer has a charm to either. Like yeah, Val Kilmer does have a good Bruce Wayne kind of charm to him. But George Clooney is more Bruce Willis, chill and casually. No, Val Kilmer just—I don't feel like he was all there in a row. Like George Clooney, Clooney definitely was more in a row than Val Kilmer was. Not you know, like he has the natural, like George Clooney already has the natural Playboy vibe. So like when he's just doing like the uh, the Bruce Wayne scenes, like you know, it already fits like George Clooney's vibe. That like that Playboy arrogance already. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. smugness. It's just you know, I will find that I do find this kind of odd. From Dust Till Dawn came out around the same time as uh, Batman and Robin, and I'm just like, how do you go from that to this, or this to that? But um, from Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> Later episode. <laughs> well, like I will say, like it's interesting because this is something I've read before, and I kind of agree with it. <laughs> <coughs> oh my god! <coughs> Why are we coughing? But um, like I was reading somewhere, like Val Kilmer's like good as like a leading, like not as like so much a leading character, but a supporting character, like in Top Gun, like it rolls like that. Like, is where he's at his best. Though, I will say, like, one of my favorite movies that he leads is the Doors movie. And, like, oh, yeah, even yeah, though, yeah. like, it's not, like, the most correct movie, like, as a movie for entertainment body. Like, he does a good job, and honestly, I don't see anybody else who could have really done it that well. For what it is, you know. Yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like I'll come on that. And, like, Batman Forever, like, Val Kilmer still has his charm. Like, you should actually, like, look into who Val Kilmer is, like, now. Like, it's just kind of weird. Like, he has, like, a whole Mark Twain obsession thing. Um, I've been wanting to watch uh, Val Kilmer's Meth America. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to watch that documentary. Um, last thing I actually saw Val Kilmer in that was kind of newer, newest to me was, um... Bad Lieutenant, Port of New Orleans, or Herzog, Nick Cage film. Oh, yeah, we've been talking about that. Yeah, I yeah. I still need to watch that myself. Val Kilmer's in that, actually, so nice. check that out. He's, like, his partner. Is he, like, in a support role? In that Supporting role, yeah, yeah. And, like, see, like, that's what I was saying, getting back to the point, like, what I read, like, you know, I feel, and I definitely like, feel like I agree with it, like, Val Kilmer is at his best when he is more in those kind of, like, playing a strong supporting character. Yeah, because I think he gave it all in the Doors movie, and that was probably the last time he had a big leading role in something. Yeah. Like, as I said, Besides like, maybe the Batman movie, I don't know. Yeah, well, he did really well as I said. He's probably done some other it's endearing. decent films, good films that we don't know about. But, it is know. very endearing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus, like, there's so much else that makes, like, Batman forever what it is, too. Yeah, I mean, it's not just him being Bruce Wayne it's that some makes of it's film. a film. You know, it's definitely some of his parts, you know. Yeah, yeah. Good and stuff, though. Uh, Batman forever. So, I gotta ask, who's your Batman? Mine will always be Kristen Bell, I'm sorry. Honestly, in terms of, like, movie Batman, yeah, the Christian Bale Batman is my favorite. The Christopher Nolan trilogy. It's good. I really love it. I mean... And plus, you know, we, we those came out when we were still kids yeah. at the perfect time. So, it was like, yeah, we had the old Batman movies, but when we saw that, that was when Batman was Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't see the first one, you know, Scarecrow. Um, you never seen that one? I mean, I did watch the movie, but I didn't see it in theaters. But oh, I, watched yeah, yeah. The I saw all three of them in theaters. But I did watch the other two in theaters, you know, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rising. D and those are oh, so fucking good. I'm sorry, but they are. I know are. I know. we're we're not trying to dick-rad Christopher Nolan and shit, but fuck, I mean, man. Dark those Knight, are, you got fucking... Uh, those are like... Plus, they, he chose the three best villains from the rogue gallery. You know what I mean? He did. I mean, Scarecrow, Bane, and the Joker. Those are the three best fucking villains in Batman. They really are. And, you know, Two-Face was in there, too. Two-Face was one of the main villains in fucking Dark Knight, you know? As well as, as uh, Ra Gull. Gull. Ra, was it Ra Gull? Ra Rachel Gull. Ra yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know it better than I do. Played by fucking... Uh, 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 fuck. Uh, Liam, no, Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That was fucking great. Yeah. And as I was... But, like, I have to throw it out. Like, one of my favorite things about Batman Robin, Uma Thurman, is fucking yeah. Poison Ivy. Like, yeah, best thing about Batman Robin is Uma Thurman. The worst thing is Bane. Yeah. They fucking made Bane a little bitch in that movie, yo. Like, but they did bring out they a... They nerfed his ass. They did bring out... I think he was an old school Batman villain that... He, he was supposed to... So Bane and Batman and Robin ain't actually Bane. He's some... He's one of the... Uh, I forgot his fucking name. He was a serial killer though, in the Batman comics. People who know the DC world more than me probably know who I'm talking about, but... Uh, oh, fucking Jim yeah. Gordon's son, uh... Uh, James Gordon it was a kid ended up being a serial killer it, it's not him it wasn't him yeah probably it I wasn't I don't even think they said his, Gordon's name in Batman and Robin that is true wow and then again even in Tim Burton's films Gordon wasn't a prime act, uh, you know fucking uh, character Weirdly enough, I believe in the Tim Burton's Batman, he was played by a black actor. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, you gotta give it up to, like, uh... I mean, switch it up, of course, but... But you gotta give he it up... He was in, like, one scene, maybe, or if I remember. You gotta give fucking Morgan Freeman playing Lucius Fox and fucking... Oh, yeah, Dark Knight Rises? I mean, you Dark Knight. Dark Knight yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Nothing against a black actor, but, you know, it's just like... Me must have just not had him in the screenplay much, you know. Oh, uh, goddamn! I don't know. This is yeah. one. Yeah. One I wish that was real live action, but like I know it's like an animated form though for Detective Gordon. Was one of uh, fucking who's the guy who plays Mister Ah uh, 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 Breaking Bad? Uh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yeah, Brian Cranston like has done some work as a uh, detective Gordon before. Ooh, like, he, he would actually be a good detective Gordon. Yeah, like they had him do the voice of Gordon in Batman Year One, which was like based on the mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miller, yeah. Uh, yeah, Miller's Batman. Set in the same you know universe of that whole thing. Alternate universe. <laughs> I know some of those Mar uh, DC universes. I've read like some. I've heard two of the crossovers of Convergence and the like. One of the biggest ones, Crisis on Infinite Earths. That book was crazy because like you got like all of, like pretty much every DC character that was like in the unit like could, like exist, but like in a greater U DC universe coming together. <laughs> Yeah, it is really cool. Like, them somehow making it work. 
It's a long. It was a long graphic novel too. I loved it though. Yeah. Oh. So, what do you think about these two Batman films overall? I I still like as I said, I grew up with like especially Batman and Robin because like that was the one I remember a lot. And it's probably I even had the yeah. I still have it on tape. That's the one I remember the most too. Like you know, for me, a lot of it is just nostalgia. I'm sure just because like you know a lot of people do trash it, but like. It just has that fun, simple, like, even though it's, like, over-the-top ridiculous. That's why I also kind of love it now. Yeah, it's always fun when it's too ridiculous. Like, you know, it doesn't still, like, it still doesn't take itself seriously, but they try. <laughs> they try. But, I'm so... Schwarzenegger is, is Mr. Freeze, dude. It, that, that is pretty t- good. Yeah, I'm trying to do the... Uh, it's Mr. White Christmas. I'm uh, Mr. Snow from, like, the Christmas specials. Like, I love that shit. Um, the thing I read was they wanted a more family-friendly Batman movie. So maybe that's why they did that. Compared to Batman Forever, where Two-Faced is just shooting everybody left and right. You know what I mean? Mr. Freeze just comes, just came in blasting. Came in freezing. He came in freezing, y'all. Ice cold. Alright, 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 alright. Man, get out of here. Mr. Freeze is here. He always, you think that's a play on words of Mr. Clean? <laughs> what if Gucci Man was Mr. Freeze? <laughs> Dude, you said be Mr. Freeze. <laughs> that would be great. Yo, Gucci, you know what you must do now. Come on, man. Mr. Freeze it. <laughs> they call you Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Come you on. get that ice. Come on, do a Mr. Freeze mixtape. Well, yeah, we, we just need to hear it, you know. It'd be great, at least for us. Dumb Dumb Tapes will put it out. Dumb Dumb Tapes will put it out. So Ooh. we move on to... Cobra! Yeah. yeah, let's do this. We're going to talk about Cobra! Dude, Cobra is the most batshit awesome 80s action movie ever made. As we say, this directed, I hope I'm not fucking this up, George Cosmatos. Yeah. And this came out in 1986. And, like, you've been telling me for a bit about last year, we got to watch it when we went to the mountains of yeah, yeah, yeah. house for the first time. And, like, that was, of course, you know, y'all being a great time. I picked, it, I picked it up, finally finding a DVD copy, like... Yo, I've heard so much about this movie. Holy Mount once did a shirt of it, and you were telling me about like. They did a screening of it, actually. Yeah, well, I didn't get to see it. They uh, sponsored a screening of it at the Great Carolina Theater of Durham before Covey. Get the Covey. Fuck the Covey. Yeah, don't get. What? No. (laughs) I take it back. Don't wish me death. I want peace and love for everybody who gives us a chance. Get the vaccine so you don't get the Kobe and so we can go see movies. I did get the vaccine. I got the first show. I'm due to get my second on the 31st. You gotta get multiple ones. Just two. Oh. I mean, it weren't bad for me. Like, my arm hurt a little bit, but it's no different like getting other kinds of shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Like, I didn't have no problem, so yeah. Let's get this shit over with. Like... We could be doing much more. Let's stomp out with Kobe, y'all. But yeah, like, this movie's just fucking insane and it fucking intense from start to it finish. Like, there are a lot of deaths in this movie. What was the death total in this movie again? Oh, man. I, like, 86 or something? Like... I don't fucking know, man. The death toll's wild. Um, there are just people dying everywhere. It. Um. um also, by the way, um, Brian, Brian Thompson as the Night Slasher, Night Stalker, fucking great, awesome, scary villain, yo. Holy shit! Especially the hospital scenes. <laughs> Oh yeah, and he like he has the fucking wicked like curve like knife. Oh, the like, body count is fifty-two. Forty-one are killed by cobra. <laughs> <laughs> cobra! 
Oh, I tells you how badass Sylvester Stallone is in this movie. Like even like how he goes into like his apartment somewhere in the beginning, and, like he gets the pizza out <laughs> and he cuts the pizza. Yeah, where he cuts the pizza with the scissors. Like why? Let's put. I love the little things like that in this movie. Also, when the greatest car chase scene ever. He's not even being chased. He's chasing them. <laughs> Shooting at him and shit. Dude, he does a fucking 180, puts it in reverse, hits it, shoots a fucking truck, blows them up, 180's back normally and keeps going after the bad guys. And like, even like when he's in pursuit of the other car, like, and his car gets fucked up. Like, they still, like, don't even chase after him after he fucks his car up. They leave him alone. <laughs> like, I noticed that every time we watch, it's like, what about, why don't they go after him after he just, like, fucked the car up and, like, you know, oh, you, they don't want, they still don't want to fuck with him. Yeah, 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 you're going to have to regroup and, re, you know, figure this shit out. We can't, you know he's going to fucking blast you if he before you can even turn back around, you know what I mean? And just all the unnecessary, like, car jump scenes. Like, coming out of, like, the parking bag and shit. Yeah, and um, when they're on that weird little bridge, yeah. and they just keep doing <laughs> the little jumps left, and, like, there's, like, five little jumps. All, like, the extra repeat shots <laughs> <laughs> from different angles. I love it. You know it's fucking wild. Like, he's hitting the uh, fucking, like, electric wires and shit in the road. That shit's wild. And, like, the ending scene, like, well, close to the end, where, like, they're starting to obey them at the hotel. Yeah. And, like, the whole army starts coming, the whole army cold is going to start coming down on them. Yeah, and also, what other movie opens with a mass shooting at a supermarket? That is true. What was the line? Uh, I'm... You're the disease. I'm a cure. (laughs) The greatest line ever. What was the brand that they kept promoting that they must have really loved? Was it Coke or Pepsi? I think it was Coke. They had a lot of advertisement for soda. Um, it was really cool seeing all the old school 80s food and drinks, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, I like to see watching for that kind of stuff. Like, when I watch any uh, slasher movies, I'm always looking around in the scenes to see what they're eating and drinking, what posters they have up. You know what I mean? And, like, the hospital scene, like, was really good. Like, they did capture at least a good intense moment, like, with her trapped in the bat with the leading, like, chick trapped in the bathroom and stuff. I mean, come on, him coming at you with that fucking wicked blade, dude. It's... That shit's sick. <laughs> Night Slasher's fucking knife? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's With the, like, bladey gaunt, like, studded gauntlet and shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah. D- dude, for real, though... I mean, Cobra was, like, 40% slasher movie. You know what I mean? Especially the hospital scene. And, like, one of my favorite, like, weird scenes is, like, where they're even, like, doing, like, the cold chanting thing, and they're clanging, like, hammers and stuff. Yeah, yes, (laughs) yes. Like, that to me was, like, far out, but I was like, cool, I guess. (laughs) Hey, man, all I'm saying is Cobra is all right with me, man. Know, fucking spark up a fatty, fucking put Cobra on, man. You're gonna have yourself a town. What was his name that, like, he was embarrassed of? Oh, his, like, real name? Yeah. Hold up. I'm sure I can find his real, what his character's name was. You gotta get into his. Marion. Marion Cobaretti or something. Cobaretti. His, his, his actual name is Cobaretti, though. That's still pretty badass. Yeah. I mean, I don't think his real name's Cobra. I don't think it's Mariam Cobra. Change his name to the assassin formerly known as Cobra. <laughs> well, he wanted an assassin. He was a cop. The cop uh, formerly Zombie Squad. He worked, he worked on the Zombie Squad. He was the cop formerly known as Cobra. He was a copy of a cobra. Um, so the director, he did a lot of stuff. Have you seen any of his other movies? Uh, if I have, I couldn't remember. So you're going to have to tell me mm, about it. Mm, mm. Well, my good sir, 
Let me pull up some of these I'm films. sorry, audience. I don't know if we've alliterated this before. Wait, he directed Tombstone? I have seen Tombstone. Holy you shit. About my fav- one of my favorite like Western movies. Yeah, yeah Tombstone. Yeah. The one with Val Kilmer as fucking Doc Holliday. I'll oh, there's a connection! I'll be your Huckleberry. Uh, he also did a great uh, fun film called Leviathan. You ever seen that? Underwater movie. I've I watched part of it, but then I fall asleep and I haven't gone back to it since. I feel bad. He also did the great Rambo First Blood Part 2. He did the first Rambo in Part 2? No, he did Rambo First Blood Part 2. He didn't do First Blood. He did a great little horror flick from 83 called Of Unknown Origin. You ever heard of that? Mm-mm. Really, I can't say how. pretty good stuff. Uh, you could probably find it on YouTube. And he has a few from the seventies that I'm not familiar with. Oh, this one looks fun. Massacre in Rome. Yeah. But yeah, he's done some cool stuff. Also, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Um, Rambo Part Two, First Blood Part Two, man. That's a fun movie, man. I mean, honestly, the Rainbow movies are all fun, so yeah, hell yeah. Besides that one where he has to go into Afghanistan and, like, he, he probably calls Desert Storm somehow with that movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, Iraq, I don't know what, what the plot was, but, you know. Dumb. But, uh, all the other ones. I mean, it was still fun. <laughs> from what I remember. <laughs> if I remember correct, I, that's the one I watched the least, so you know, haven't watched that one in a while, but, yeah, you know, me and my dad used to watch fucking Rambo all the fucking time, the first two, you know, fucking great stuff, man, especially the first one, and when he kills all the cops and shit, so it's interesting to see, like, Rambo's that, a-, a cab, so it's like, it's interesting to see, like, that Cosmatos has, like, this thing with us, Sylvester Stallone, and seeing, like, he's worked with him in Rambo, and then also... Cobra. Yep. That is a connection. How did I... Damn, I'm dumb. I totally overlooked the fact that Sylvester Stallone was in Rambo. <laughs> so, well, He's Co- Rambo. What if Cobra, like, they, uh, they, there's a backstory there. You think, like, Cobra ends up enlisting in the army, and then after the war, he becomes Rambo? That's how he gets just the trauma of his PTSD. Where, where do you think Rambo changed his name back to his native land's name? I want to say, like, uh, fucking, uh, Cobra comes after Rambo, though, because he gets <gasps> the girl settles down after that. Yeah, what if Cobra versus Rambo? Cobra versus Rambo! <laughs> Give me this! Salone, you can you can double act this. You can double act this, Salone. Come on, give it to us before you hit the bucket, man. Did they just come out with a new Rambo movie? I don't know. Like a year or two ago, I'll maybe. Have to look into that. Yeah, maybe we'll do a Rambo series. Dude, that what? Have you seen the newest? I guess besides the one I just talked about, but the one before that from like 2013 or whatever. No, I. Haven't. Dude. He blows a dude's head off with a fifty cow. It's great. That's great. It's yeah. one of the great I gore movies of the last twenty years. Like he would have thought a Rambo sequel would have turned out to be like one of the goriest films of the last like twenty years of the greatest with some of the best effects, you know? It's really good. It's really good. He he has to help like a missionary group escape some like uh Rebels in like some crazy Asian country, you know what I mean? I'm not quite sure of a plot, but it's really good. And bloody and gory. Blood and gore. Blood and gore. Blood and gore. Blood and gore. Gore gore. It's a gore song. We need to do like a gore gore episode where we just do gore movies. Like just cover our favorite gore movies. Because we mostly watch gore movies and art films and documentaries. We're Cobra! 
can watch a lot of different stuff, like the Texas movies we watched recently. Oh, yeah. Look yeah. up the director's name, because I know the name of the movies, the whole shooting match, and the hell of a note. Yeah, hell of a, hell of a note, and the, the whole shooting match. And, like, there is, like, a connection to, like, horror movies, too, because, um... The guy was on the like one of the actors in the whole shooting match was uh, what's his name in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Oh, he was LG in Texas LG, Chainsaw yeah. Massacre two. What's uh fuck yeah? When are we gonna talk about those movies, my man? I still gotta do a write up about that. <laughs> oh yeah, we're supposed to have done a like blog like years ago. It'll make a comeback soon, I promise. You better make a comeback soon. This is back, 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 back. Tell a friend. Don't snitch. I'm a snitch on your mom. You're bringing down the whole operation. They're coming to get you. Then you're going to feel sorry for yourself. You're going to have to live with that guilt, man. You gotta live with that, boy. You're gonna have to carry that weight. <laughs> like Sisyphus. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> so we talk about Mandy? Well, you know, let's jump into Mandy because we're talking about George Cosmatos. We're gonna talk about his son. He, uh, he's waiting for me to look it up. Well, I know his last name is also Cosmatos, at least. Oh, yeah? What made you think that? I've read it before. His first name's Panos. Panos. Panos Cosmatos. Who was responsible for directing Over the Black Rainbow, which is a movie I unfortunately have not seen yet. I really want to know. I've read about it. So I hope to get in that soon. But the movie on question is Mandy, starring most notably Nick C Nicolas Cage. And this is one of his best roles, dude. It's a standout for him. Definitely, I see why people talk about it. I just watched it for the first time last weekend. What, Mandy? Yeah. What? Yeah. It was the last week or the week before last one. We had it on. I don't remember, but... Yeah, that was the first time I watched it. And I see why people talk about it. It is really good, and the visuals are fucking trippy. It looks like, like, really like someone's badass to trip. Like, in the way to describe it, I guess. Which, I guess, is noble, because, like, he takes, like, the Black Skull's... Drug supply. Yeah, like, including their LSD and shit. And their chemist was, like, making the LSD with, like, his no gloves on. <laughs> you know, I, gotta, I, gotta, I wanted to ask you this. Do you think they let he let the chemist live or die? Well, he kind of, like, helped him. Yeah. I think after he released the tiger, Nick Cage was like, you're gonna love. I gotta release my little tiger. Not my, not, I don't have to piss or nothing, I just have to let my cat out. That sounded bad. But, um, do you think the chemist had telepathic powers and Nicolas Cage understood, or do you think Nicolas Cage just kinda like, what? <laughs> Cause like, really, it's, it's left up to interpretation. Oh yeah, it's left up. It's left up to interpretation. Cause you don't know if the chemist is just thinking all that shit to himself, and Nicholas Cage just like what? Don't know and just realizes not to kill him. I like how there's just a now just wants a tiger, tiger roaming <laughs> the Pacific. There's a there's a tiger roaming the Pacific Northwest in the eighties. <laughs> Somewhere out there where the logger oh yeah, there's loggers out there too. He is a logger. Yeah, it's like doesn't <laughs> say like well, the cult is not but it's not it gotta be near bus. Well, unless you believe that like he got teleported to like the demon world and shit. Cause like his surroundings start changing and shit like at the end there's like three moons, so like you think he got yeah. Do you think he's just trip like we're just seeing him hallucinating or do you think he's been taken to like Another realm or world. I think it's like a weird blur of realities and the crazy acid stuff helps him see both worlds. Because I think he's still in our world, but he's also like in another plane too. Just think about like someone pointed out like when he took the acid or like their like black liquid or whatever. 
and like had like that crazy trip where like he saw his face melt and stuff like he was quiet throughout most of the movie when he confronts like the cult leader Jemaya Sand like his voice sound uh, like the demonic effect too on it and like that's one of the few times he speaks since like you know he took the acid so like does that mean like he's like possibly like doing their drugs like having consumed their drugs like it gives him like that weird connect demonic connection like to the black rider gang that he's like hunting i don't know did he kill them all pretty quick he went through them pretty good like the only like toughest battle was like the dude with the chainsaw that was with a cult yeah that was with the cult dude yeah yeah i think the cult and the black skull gang were probably different entities just funny like see the arrow go through like that one Gang dudes. No, they work together, but you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's still fun to see like the arrow go through like the gang, like the, one of the motorcycle like demon dudes' throat and do nothing. <laughs> dude, I really like the demon dudes. They need to get their own movie. One was called Pig Fuck. I like how also how um the no, dude fuck, from no his name is Fuck Pig. I'm my bad. His name's is Fuck Pig. His name's Fuck Pig. That's cool. Um, I like, I think they could do a whole movie series on them, especially with the dude from Predator telling uh, Nick Cage about how, like, all the prostitutes and truckers going missing on the roads and stuff from because of them, you know? So I think that could be a fun, sad movie, you know? You think, like, because this movie does has, like, some kind of Cthulhu feel with, like, the demonic shit, uh, like, it could bridge over, with, like, another movie Nicolas Cage has done recently, The Color from Outer Space. I don't know, man. I feel like it's two different worlds. But I do see the Lovecraft influence in this film. Get you a girl who... Makes you look like, look like Nick, Nick Cage when he sees Mandy again. Yeah. <laughs> I love when it. When you just give that stare like Nicolas Cage. Hell yeah. Like, see, do you think he's hallucinating in this scene? Hell yeah. I think he's hallucinating through most of the movie. Oh, of course. But, like, do you think he's, like, in the demon world driving back? Or do you think, like, he's just, like, hallucinating his entire reality? He's probably hallucinating, even though it clearly looks like he's in another world. Like, if there's a post-credits thing, thing, too, I think we missed. Is there a post-credits thing? There might be. Oh, doesn't it have something to do with a... Cheddar Goblin? Cheddar Goblin. Ain't it Cheddar Goblin? I don't remember. But we'll have to, like, because we're going through the credits now, so we could talk about when we get there. <laughs> it's weird how we were able to talk about almost four movies under an hour. We're, like, right at 52 minutes, yeah. But, yeah, this has a good cast, too, though. Bill Duke. Oh yeah, like I read that he joined this movie he's cast just because he wanted to work with Nicolas Cage. Oh, that's cool. I love him in like Commando and Predator and shit. Another connection. Oh no. Oh yeah, kind of. Well, you know, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, you could also well, wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger in that Expendables movie with Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> Bring it all together. <laughs> We're grasping for straws here, y'all. But this is our fantasy. Don't burst our bubble. I want to see a Predator movie with Arnold back in it. Go back. Go have you back. seen a newer Predator movie? I haven't. I have a collection of like the first four, but I don't have any. I haven't seen really anything beyond that. Damn, you got both the Alien vs. Predator movies? Where is it, Predators? Predators. So you probably got the first three. Yeah, I got oh, the one with like Robert Rodriguez directed. I want, yeah, that's a good one. But yeah, there was two Alien vs. Predator movies before that. Yeah, I haven't seen those. Well, I've seen the first one the first just one's, a long time ago. The first so one's like it. fun. The second one, though, I don't remember it being very good. <laughs> I don't know. You know how I am with movies, though. I fall in love with the worst. The worst, the worst. I do. Nailgun Massacre. We're taking this down the drain. 
But that, no, because I can't say anything. One of my favorite scenes just that cheesiest uh, scene in Nail Gun Mask where he just pops out the tub. Out the fucking pool. Out the pool and just like shoots the dude onto the grill. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's so good. We'll have to do a whole Nail Gun Massacre episode. We'll find some bad slaster movies. Like, we'll, we'll have to find one up to pair, up to par with fucking Nail Gun, you know? Maybe we'll do that. Um, it's not really that bad, but Berserker, that'll be a fun one to cover. Also, the, the bear one where he fights a bear, but Flowers fights a bear. But also, like, I don't know if anybody happened to notice. We saw one guy saw it. But, like, we may, like, try to live stream us doing commentary or what bullshit <laughs> while we watch movies. Well, yeah, we were trying to do a Rodriguez episode, but he wanted to do all the movies from Rodriguez. So besides us doing, like, the Grindhouse movies, yeah, really, let's just wait. Well, we kind of talking about how we wanted to do it one. Like, he kept saying something, I kept saying something. So we decided to do go about it differently. So y'all still get it. We're getting there. Really, we got to track down, like, some of the first movies. But... We plan on doing this, and it's going to be fun, because we love those movies. I haven't seen El Mariachi, though, so that's going to be fun, at least. But, what, uh, of course, uh, Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Great fucking movie. So we're going to try to do the whole trilogy. Um, I guess we're planning on talking about From Dust to Dawn, too, because, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to do, uh, do a few of his movies. But, then again, we could throw Dust Till Dawn up with Death Proof, Death Proof and um, Planet Terror, you know? Oh, yeah, and get into the whole Grindhouse movies, too. Yeah. Because we definitely, like, have a deep love for those, because they're fucking great classics. By the way, Eli Roth, please make that Thanksgiving, killing, Thanksgiving movie. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was that crazy one we watched for like five minutes with a giant turkey <laughs> good stuff <laughs> good stuff that of course is the dumb shit we like so fucking make that shit don't make just like keep us waiting with like that cool ass fake trailer cause really it's the shit we need in our lives <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, we fucking got machete out of it, so why not Thanksgiving? <laughs> and machete's fucking badass, too. Fuck yeah to Danny Trejo. Hell yeah. And of course, like, we watched it from Dust to Dawn recently, and it's like got one of the things that makes it great to me is it got one of my favorite people in the industry. Tom Savini, a sex machine. And, um, I was actually watching Nightfly, and I put it on one morning, just the live TV thing, and there was, like, going to a horror convention and stuff. And, like, they were, like, they had Tom Savini, and, like, they were always reviews one role, and that's the sex machine. Yeah, yeah, they brought that up, too. Um, when I was researching Desperado, apparently there was, like, two scenes where he uses it, but they cut it. <laughs> Too much for the censors pushing the limits. Another episode, though. Can't put, take it. Fuck it. Let's wrap, wrap it up. We're going, we're pushing the limit now. Let's wrap it up. We got oh, we got almost a good hour in. Well, this was a fun episode. We just your took mom's it easy. a fun episode. We're everybody's <laughs> having fun, getting groovy. It's the groovy booby and the bottom feeder. Your mom's a bottom feeder. I need to stop doing your mom jokes on the podcast. You're going to, you're going to, you're losing all our sponsorship money. <laughs> yep. They can't handle, they can't handle it. Not that heat. Not that heat. Alright. Well, stay spooky, y'all. Of course, it's your host, Siege. And I'm Goose. And we're going to take it easy. And we're gonna, I don't know, we're gonna do something fun? Or not. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Don't don't worry, he's overhyping us.
We're we're trouble. Trouble kids. We Are we? We're not even. We're we're in our late twenties now. <laughs> well, you know, pretty much. Yeah. What we do now, I guess, is sad. Yeah. Depending on who you are. <laughs> <laughs> what, what could be the what could be either doing the coolest shit in the world or, or the little, saddest or the saddest shit in the world, depending on your perspective. But if you That's think we're cool, thank you for paying attention to us, especially if you made it this far. No one thinks we're cool. They just think you're a mama's boy. It's probably true because I am. Yeah. That's real shit. Never had a daddy. Love my mama. Your daddy said, I went to the store for cigarettes, and he said, It's been 18 years, Dad. And you cried. I made, a, I made the number one hit country song about that. Don't you remember? I cried for my daddy? Yeah. I cried when my daddy left for cigarettes. Alright, y'all stay spooky. <laughs> stay spooky, y'all.